We got it. We got it. We got rain. You did the rain dance and I did the rain dance. And now we look up at the sky and here it comes. We missed you. We needed you. You feel so damn good. You smell good. You sound good. Hi, Rain. Bring it. Bring that shit. Soak these mountains. Took a moment a couple of weeks ago to just appreciate the lack of wildfires in October. Because I remember when Halloween was removed from these kids' lives. Oh, I remember. What was that, two, three years ago? Halloween. Telling kids, stay in. You don't want to inhale that smoke this year. But we're trick-or-treating, folks. We're going full throttle, door-to-door. Adding a mask to every costume. Hey, why not? A lot of costumes already have masks. But if some of this rain can make you feel a little more confident that we're going to put off some of these wildfires, then I say, hell yes, bring that shit. You know what else I love? It's not just the rain. I love other things. You know what else I love? I love all these people who are like, the Rolling Stones are still on tour. I saw them back in 1941. I saw them in 76 at the Palladium. I saw them in 82 at the Metrodome. All these Rolling Stones fans. I saw them in 94 at the Spectrum. I saw them in 2002 down at the Coliseum. I saw, guess what, folks? The Rolling Stones have not been performing for the last 20 years. This is animatronics. You realize that, right? You think Mick Jagger... Mick Jagger turned 103 last week. You think Mick Jagger is really still the front man for this band? This band formed in 1902, okay? Look it up. You think Keith Richards is really still wailing away on the axe? This is animatronics. Mechanical puppets... They just seat everybody so far away from the stage that it kind of looks like Mick. I guess that's Keith. And they're just playing the old greatest hits CD. You realize that, right? What's with this? I'm going to see the Stones next week. No, you're not. I love this tour. You got these guys who are in their early 100s going Dallas, Detroit, Miami, New York, Boston, Des Moines, Seattle, San Francisco, San Diego, L.A. Really? Really? You think the Rolling Stones are really just rolling into your city and putting on these flawless shows? Wake up. Do you not understand animatronics, holograms, lasers? The Rolling Stones? Please, they have not even been in the same room since 1981. That's what I read. That's what I read. You could end any ridiculous sentence By saying, that's what I read twice. While you nod, very seriously. That's what I read. That's what I read. And you sound like a moron, not an expert. Everybody posting their videos of the Rolling Stones sitting three miles away. That's not Mick. It's Mick's voice he recorded in 1824. But that's not Mick today rolling into your city sounding just as good as he's ever sounded. Right? Isn't that every social media post? They still sound great. No, 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 no. Animatronics. And I think we all know. There's a little FM DJ that lives inside of me. We'll call him DJ Jarhead today. Why Jarhead? Because my name is Josh Aaron Rosenberg, and that's an acronym that'll spell JAR. And why Head? Because I'm speaking out of that part of my body right now. 
So DJ Jarhead is going to bring you some Rolling Stones action right now. We're going to try to hit the post. We're going to try to hit the post on a few of these songs just to warm it up today for episode 159. Actually, I don't know. Is this 160? Did we reach 161? I probably have to backtrack now and look, but we're going to warm up this episode by trying to hit the post a little bit. Let's try to hit that post. You know the DJ is going to have to ramble and ramble until the lyrics come. So let's get busy. Oh, baby. DJ Jarhead with you on a rainy Wednesday afternoon. Want to remind you, all museums are going to be closed for the next three years, so you might as well hunker down with the Rolling Stones. It's Beast of Burden on 103.3, the Sabertooth. Nope, didn't hit that post at all. I'm going to try again. Hey, big old babies, it's DJ Jarhead coming at you live and in motion, swaying my hips like the waves of the ocean. I got the remedy. If you're sick, it's the Rolling Stones on 103.3 The Growl. Yeah, baby. All right, let's try again. Let's get one of the hits, one of the hits. Hey, to all you kiddos out there acting a fool, you found the right radio station because DJ Jarhead is here until the evening hours. Right now, we're going to break you off with a little Rolling Stones brown sugar on 105.5 The Drive. I got to keep talking. It's a rainy Wednesday. The Fleet Week action is going to be going till Sunday, so enjoy a little brown sugar. That was pretty shitty. I gotta try that one again. I gotta try that one again. Hey, you little animals. DJ Jarhead with you, bringing you the latest action from your traction. Making sure all of you understand the rules of the game. Tonight, I am going to take off my belt and whip myself publicly on the highway overpass. So meet me there and meet Mick and Keith as the Rolling Stones are bringing you brown sugar on 106.1, the fuck, no, fuck, no, no. I was gonna say the funny bone. Hey, you little bastards, DJ Jarhead, lighting up his ninth cigarette of the minute. Woo, boy, it's a smoky studio, but you already knew that. You hear the bass coming in, you hear the snare drum, and of course you hear that rhythm of guitar. That can only mean one thing. It's brown sugar coming your way as the Rolling Stones are rolling their tour into our city this Sunday. Keep it locked here. I'm going to be with you all the way until I croak on 1077 The Stroll. 1077 The Stroll. Alright, that's pretty good. Let's do one more. Let's do one more. You made it this far. Put a smile on your face because you're in the place to be today as DJ Jarhead is ready to kick back and unlock some rock and roll action right into your face. Whoa, they're already going. That means I got to start over. Okay, we got to go quicker. Hey folks, it's DJ Jarhead. It's raining outside, the museums are closed, it's Fleet Week outside, I'm lighting up a cigarette, and here's the Rolling Stone Street Fight Man on 105.5 The Abyss. Everywhere I hear the sound of 
Yeah, yeah, the abyss. Street Fighting Man. G7. All right, let's get one more. Let's get one more. Come on, rolling stizzles. Growing up, I only dreamed of one thing, and that was living the American dream. What did that mean? I think we all know. Filling up my bathtub with gold coins and going for a swim. What's that, Mick? You're already singing? Okay, I guess I'm not going to be able to hit that post. You know something? It's an art form. Why should I act like I am such a seasoned artist? My throat hurts. Not a great way to start the episode with pain permeating throughout my throat. I think I'm going to have some tea. Just got to check in with my producer real quick. Hey, Martin, can we take five? I'm going to get some Darjeeling. What's that? We don't have Darjeeling? And, huh? Oh, you're not real, Martin? Just a figment of my imagination? Hey, Martin, let's take a Darjeeling five. Uh Uh-huh. It's a term in the podcast industry. You wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. But I am going to take a little breather to grab my thermos full of Trader Joe's coffee. Want to remind you, this episode is brought to you by Trader Joe's Coffee. Head on into any location and tell them Josh sent you. And at that point, some cashier is going to look at you confused and say, Who's Josh? And you just got to say, Well, he sent me here. And at that point, I think everyone should just slowly walk away. But not turn around and walk away. Everyone should just walk backwards away from the situation. I have a real question. How are we not teaching teenagers about the brain? Like, how do we not just have a full class called brain? Not as a part of a science class, as a part of a health class, as a part of a social science class. No, just a full year of a class called the brain. Maybe two years of a class called the brain. So they say, I have PE, I have Spanish, I have history, I have math, and I have brain to end the day. I feel like so many young people and adults, who am I kidding, and adults are just walking around aimlessly and confused about what's going on, have no clue about their own hard drive or software, just lost. How many people really understand this thing inside of our skull, banging around? How many of us really understand this? All the synapses, all the action, all the chemicals, all the growth. I know people are studying it and there's a lot of information out there on it and we're still finding out more and more and more of the brain's capabilities, but young people throwing them into all these classes where they won't remember shit. You got to teach them about their brain. What's this mood I'm having? What's this emotion bubbling up? Am I miserable? Am I sad? Am I depressed? Am I happy? Where's it coming from? What do we always tell kids who make mistakes? Well, your brain isn't even fully formed until you're 25. And then the prefrontal and the cerebral and the cortex and the dopamine. What do we even know? We just say the same old stuff. Oh, the brain's not fully formed until you're 25. 25? For the first 25 years of life, you get to make mistakes. And then someone goes, well, your brain's not fully formed until you're 25. Well, tell me what's forming. How about that? Full class called the brain. Who teaches it? A brainiologist. Why do I bring this up? I feel, and this is not to be insensitive, I feel like there is reason for more and more kids to be down in the dumps, 
I, I understand when I have students who are consumed with debilitating anxiety and they need help. I also think there's more young people who hear stories about that. And then when they get sad, they don't understand what's physically happening with their chemicals. I think it's good to learn about moods and where the moods come from. How many kids, 14 to 18, fully understand dopamine? Dopamine. It's crucial for understanding our pleasure, our addictions, where we feel that motivation or lack of dopamine, where we feel a little depleted, empty. What about serotonin? We toss that word around. Another brain chemical could help you feel calm, could even help you feel confident. See, a lot of these chemicals can bring you down different paths. We got to teach this stuff. When I'm feeling patient and calm and grounded, that's connected to my serotonin. And when I'm feeling impatient, when I'm in that red zone, that's connected to my serotonin. What about cortisol? I don't even really know what it is. I just know cortisol sometimes causes me to get into a frenzy. Oh boy, my cortisol's all, all over the place. I got to learn this on my own. I'm Googling a bunch of shit, just reading a ton of articles, message boards, Reddit, tweets and tweets. What am I really doing? Shouldn't we learn this in an organized, sheltered environment? Oxytocin. Let me bond. The power of socializing humans. Let me connect. Oxytocin running rampantly through my veins as I look into the eyes of someone I love. Or as I pet a dog, what's happening to me? What does this mean I'm falling in love? And what does this mean I'm getting dumped? What's happening to this mood? Endorphins? That's a whole chapter. That's a whole unit for students to understand. Endorphins. These are the neurotransmitters, kids. Hey, have a seat. Take out some binder paper. We're talking endorphins. Let's reduce pain. Let's boost pleasure. Let's break down what stress is. Let's find out how to release some of these endorphins. Endorphins. Let's give kids a roadmap. I feel like we could all do our own research later in life and try to figure out our own issues, our own problems. What is plaguing us? A lot of us just Google, why do I feel fill in the blank? Why do I feel fill in the blank today? And then we read something about the brain and go, huh, never knew that. I don't remember ever learning about our brains, and isn't that the most important thing to learn about? This thing right now, this thing that is causing me to feel the way I feel right now. And then wondering, well, then how do I deal with that? When you study the brain, you could also study how to deal with some of the behaviors, some of the moods. It's so important. Come on. You agree, right? I'm going to take a Darjeeling 5. Hold on. I'll give you a question. Well, I take a Darjeeling five. <coughs> God, if you start the episode with hit the post when I'm yelling all over the place like DJ Jarhead, now I got no voice. It's already fading. It's fading. It's fading. It's fading. All right. I'm drinking Java with almond milk. I hear all of you black coffee drinkers making fun of me. Oh, you're putting in the almond milk. Shut the fuck for one second. Can you respect my almond milk? My goodness, these coffee purists telling me you don't add anything to it. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's not too, it's not too soft if you go heavy in the almond milk. And look, is this a safe zone? I'll just say it. Today, I did equal parts. Three cups almond milk, three cups coffee. Three bathroom breaks per hour. What was I talking about before I took a Darjeeling 5? 
Hey, Martin. Yeah. Let's take an Earl Grey 10. I feel like I was going somewhere. Son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. Brain talk. Here's your tech update. Scientists, and by the way, this is totally unresearched, but it's quasi understood. Like, it's kind of understood that scientists in the world of robotics, okay, I don't know what I'm saying right now, but some people in the tech world and inventors, they're studying our brains to try to advance the technology that could actually read the electrodes in the brain. So the motion of certain things that are happening in our brains, it can be measured. These are called electrodes. And they've been used, let me get this right, to translate our brain waves into words. And I know this could be a medical breakthrough for people that cannot speak, but here's where it's going. Here's where it's going. Mind reading technology. They say when you speak, your brain sends signals from the motor area, a cortex, a cerebellum. I'm just going to use all the brain words I know. So a cortex and a motor cortex and a cerebellum cortex and a prefrontal cortex uh, it sends all of this to muscles in our jaw when we speak. And it sends this to muscles in our lips and our larynx and our vocal cords and it coordinates the movement and produces a sound. However, it could even send these signals our brain synapses, when we just start thinking of words without saying them, think about this. There are inventors and scientists and people so much smarter than me that are working to read our words connected to a computer and then the words just show up. Okay, so you got to wear a device around your head. If you think I'm kidding or if this sounds too fantasy or too sci-fi, just Google it. So electrodes can be picked up and red without us speaking. This technology actually exists, but you have to wear a helmet. How soon, how soon until you don't have to wear that device? You don't have to wear the helmet. There's just like an electro radiant field. <laughs> how many words am I going to use today that I don't know? Let's just say there's a module over your head and people can't see it. It's invisible. And there's electrodes going all around you and it could hook up to an app. And some people could tap into your app and hack in and just read your thoughts. That's where I'm going. Oh, take a breath. Martin, can we take a mint medley 20? The recipe to that joke is you pick a tea and then you pick a duration of time. But I think my throat's gone. I was going to do a long podcast too. This sucks. And is sucks really the best word to use? If I don't want to hear it from students, why do I say it? You got to model the way. You got to be the change you want to be, Gandhi. Or no, be the change you want to see in the world? Gandhi? Hey, Gandhi! An eye for an eye makes the whole world blind? Oh, I'm about to recite some Gandhi quotes in this episode 172. What episode is this? 158? Someone tell me. Yeah, what's that in the back? Uh-huh. Oh, you just, you need to go to the bathroom? Sure. Go right ahead. Sorry, I thought you were answering the question. But no, go right ahead. All right, I think I was talking about brain technology, reading our minds. Oh, yeah, how weird would that be? If we actually are in a world where people don't have to speak, I'm not going to open my mouth, but we're still going to communicate. You'll know the words, it'll show up on a screen, and I'll know the words inside of your head, and it'll show up on a screen. If this becomes advanced, like right now it's in its incubation stage, but if this becomes like really advanced and we're just in a society where we could read each other's thoughts, because if you think it, I can see it. If you think it, 
Something about your brain energy is going to be able to send messages into a signal that's being picked up on my app called Jaw Movement. Oh, do you have Jaw Movement? I have Instagram, I have Snapchat, I have TikTok, I have Jaw Movement, which means I'm reading your mind right now. It'll end every relationship. Let's be honest. Every single relationship would plummet if you could read the other person's thoughts at all times. How scary is this? How scary is this? I'm describing a horror movie. And if you're on the East Coast, I'm describing a horror movie. Horror. It's horrible. Oh, it's horrific. If I'm surrounded with people that are reading my thoughts, oh, wouldn't that suck? Just kidding. I used suck on purpose right there. Because you're saying, hey, can't you have a more expansive vocabulary than just saying, this sucks and that sucks? That's why it's hard to have a sports debate with teens. My previous career, it was really all about having sports debates. You come into work, you talk about sports. A lot of people have different perspectives, different viewpoints, different opinions. We yell at each other about sports. God, I loved it. It's a healthy world. Sports radio, way before the show would begin, is when the best stuff would happen. The best conversations were not on the air. At a good sports radio station, all the hosts screaming and ranting before the show, that's the good stuff. But with my teens, I got to try to talk about the Giants-Dodgers series or the Warriors win. A lot of them just, oh, it sucked. Saw that that ump sucked. Dude, Rosenberg, you saw that the ref sucked. Dude, he couldn't hit a shot. He sucked. It's not even a real sports conversation at that point. And I'm still the professional in the room. I go, well, I think the umpire did his best as a professional. Well, I don't think he sucked. I think he's in the NBA because he's very skilled at his craft. I mean, there's a little kid in me that probably just wants to describe everything in sports as he sucks. It sucks. That word sucks. It's a crutch. It's a verbal crutch. We all have verbal crutches. All of you out there who say the thing is this. Or at the end of the day. Or can I just say something? Can I just say something? Yeah, pal, say it. How many of our words are either just filler or lazy? What did you think of the game last night? I'll ask a 15-year-old, hey, what'd you think of the game last night? Sucked. Okay, back to you in the studio. Hot analysis from Tyler. Thanks, Ty. You know what's weird? I think it's good and it's weird being resilient. It's weird how the human mind can move on from something that's challenging or sad or tough. It's in our wiring. It's in our survival wiring, but it's weird how even right now, I remember in January, I was so sad. My beagle, after 15 years, Muggsy died. And I was so sad. It was so heavy. And now, not only do I not feel the sadness, which is a sad thought. Like sometimes I wish I was still sad about Muggsy's death. But I've actually reached a point where I don't even remember his presence vividly. He used to follow me around for 15 years. And now, that's such a foreign thought. I don't even feel that presence anymore. Feelings do fade. And what do we do? We tend to glorify the past. We romanticize the past. We tend to remember things with rose-colored glasses. I was saying this to my wife the other day. I was like, you know, it's funny when we think about Muggsy. It's like, oh, Muggsy. But we do forget he was bad every single day. I mean, he was cute, but he was just a terrible dog every single day. But the memories are not that. The memories are all Muggsy. 
Muggsy was so great. Muggsy, I used to walk him through grocery store parking lots. Two things about that. Number one, have you ever noticed how many old people are just locked into the passenger seat in cars in grocery store parking lots? You ever notice that? Just walk through. Any Safeway, any Vons, any Ralphs, any Trader Joe's. Just walk through the parking lot. There's always some very old person just cooped up, sitting shotgun in a locked car. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. And then also keep this in mind. And you don't know this unless you're an avid dog walker. But there's so much food in bushes. I don't just mean wrappers. No, 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 no. I mean like just full hamburgers in bushes that you would never know about. The amount of people who have driven their cars around city streets and suburban streets and just thrown food into bushes, it would blow your mind. Full chickens, full roasted chickens, just in a bush. Pasta primavera, in a bush. Chicken cacciatore, in a bush. Sausage and peppers, in a bush. Beef stroganoff, all in a bush. You walk by, you're a human, you just walk by. You're a dog, oh shit, the world is my buffet. Oh, the world is my buffet. So I was once walking Muggsy through a grocery store parking lot. Just part of our routine. I probably wasn't paying much attention. He was certainly off leash. Hey, I never said I was the greatest dog owner. I was a happy dog owner, just not the greatest. Probably just my beanie was low. Listening to a radio show on an old radio shack, transistor radio. And then one day, there was a big van in the middle of a grocery store parking lot. And I mean like one of those big vans, like raised, long, fat, tall. And Muggsy just starts sprinting towards it and he's able to get his whole chubby body under it. And yeah, there's a full tuna sandwich, just a full Subway tuna sandwich right under this van. And I can't get to him. I can't get to him. So I have to just watch this, having a lot of thoughts like who's buying a full tuna sandwich and then just throwing it into a parking lot. Picture that for a moment. Who's doing that? I would never do that. I wouldn't. I mean, maybe you should throw it in a bush. You thought I was going to say trash can, but no, just right into a parking lot. And then this van parked over it probably didn't know. So I walk right up to the van. My head is low, so I'm not looking in the windows. I walk right up to the van and I'm just yelling, come on. Stop. Come on. Get over here. Get over here. Come, come, come. Can't reach him. For him, it's all dopamine. It's all endorphins in that little dog brain. Straight nirvana. My owner can't stop me. I'm going to eat all 12 inches of this. And as I'm screaming, get over here. Get over here. I look in the passenger side. See, yep, it's an old person just staring at me, terrified. This is a true story. And I do explain, oh, there's a beagle. I start yelling. I start pointing below the van. I start yelling. There's a beagle under your van eating a tuna sandwich. And there's no explaining yourself at that point. You just have to slowly back away, slowly backpedal away from the van and realize you scared an old person. You can't just start pointing down and saying, beagle tuna fish, beagle tuna fish. I provided the scariest moment of this old person's life, looking at me like, sir, stop it, stop it. 
If only that was the only time Muggsy ate a sandwich under a van. I think that was in his memoir. I forget. That was a story in his memoir. His memoir, of course, titled The World is My Buffet. All right, I'm pulling out all the old tricks on this episode. I already did hit the post where we all get to pretend we're FM DJs. You could do it too. It's a play at home game. You do it too. Put on some music. You're a DJ. Lead up right into the lyrics. And then you got to stop. But make sure you get the name of the radio station in there. We're also going to present the hit segment, Steve and Jack. What's Steve and Jack? Well, on the Here We Go podcast, we go through a bunch of Stephen Wright's one-liners, the old comedian, and we go through a bunch of Jack Cornfield quotes. Jack Cornfield, a spiritual Buddhist guide who understands the human condition and how mindfulness will be our path to serenity. Jack Cornfield. We're going to read some of his quotes too. And after I read a Jack Cornfield quote, I'm going to be so blown away with it and I'm just going to agree. Okay? So I think I'll alternate. Stephen Wright, I'll read some of his one-liners, the old comic who had some good one-liners. They weren't all good. Just going to Google a bunch of those. Then I'm going to Google a bunch of Jack Cornfield quotes. And then we're going to get out of here today and enjoy the sound of the rain. How's that sound, huh? You need a little time right now? All right, I'll give you some time. Let's take a chamomile 30, Martin. Let's take a chamomile 30. All right. Steve and Jack. I wrote a song, but I can't read music, so I don't know what it is. Every once in a while, I'll be listening to the radio, and I'll say, I think I might have written that. All right, the Stephen Wright impression needs work, but Jack Cornfield once said, the entire teaching of Buddhism can be summed up this way. Nothing is worth holding on to. Oh, wow. That's so true. Yeah, we can't cling. We can't cling even to the positive. Obviously, we shouldn't cling to the negative, but we can't even cling and hold on to the positive. It's fleeting. You'll set yourself up for disappointment. Man, Jack, that's so true. I saw a bank that said 24-hour banking, but I don't have that much time. The waves do keep coming, so learn to surf. Wow, Jack, that's so true. You can't ever expect the ocean to just be still. You can't ever expect your life to hit a real, real long, calm patch. You got to learn to surf the waves. Man, Jack, that's true. I stayed in a really old hotel last night. They sent me a wake-up letter. I took lessons in bicycle riding, but I could only afford half of them. Now I can ride a unicycle. All right, back to Jack. The basic principle of spiritual life is that our problems become the very place to discover wisdom and love. See, that's true. That's true. Sometimes we look at our problems and we run from them, but really that's where the growth is. That's where we discover our own personal wisdom and how to love. I went to a garage sale. How much for the garage? They said it wasn't for sale. I went to a fancy French restaurant called Deja Vu. The head waiter said, hey, don't I know you? I used to work in a fire hydrant factory. 
you couldn't park anywhere near the place. Jack Cornfield, he once said, when we feel anger towards someone, we can consider that they are being just like us who have faced much suffering in their lives. That's so tough. It's true, but it's tough. When you hate someone to try to give them the benefit of the doubt, like, oh, they're hurting. Hurt people hurt people, so they're probably suffering, and it's causing them to act in a way that I find to be deplorable. And then Jack Cornfield, one of the founders of Spirit Rock, as I've said, the guru of all gurus. Actually, I shouldn't say that. He's just one of many good gurus. How do you become a guru? On LinkedIn, I'm looking for a guru. Most of us have spent our lives caught up in plans, expectations, ambitions for the future, in regrets, guilt, or shame about the past. To come into the present is to stop the war. So damn true. If you're living in any other mental space, any other headspace besides this moment right now, That'll continue the war, the inner war, the emotional war, turmoil. That's war. He's saying if you're just caught up, which most of us are, we're just caught up into our plans, our expectations, ambitions, thinking about the future, thinking about the past. Oh, what of the past has shaped me? All the regrets, the guilt, the shame. Or in the future, I hope to do this. I hope this happens. I hope this happens. Then it's a war. So the only way to get into the present moment is to stop the war. And that's how you become enlightened and find your inner peace. I don't have any more Stephen Wright jokes. I think I've said them all. Unfortunately, Mitch Hedberg also had some great one-liners. But I can't do a Mitch Hedberg impression. And some of you are saying you can barely do a Stephen Wright impression. I should work on Mitch Hedberg from Minnesota. Hey, Josh, what are some other comedians from Minnesota? Well, Nick Swardson and Louie Anderson, to name a couple. Wow, Josh, how do you know so much about Minnesota's stand-up comedy scene? Folks, I have a problem. I'm addicted to stand-up comedy books, and I just read a whole book about the Minneapolis stand-up scene going back to the 80s. Actually, late 70s into the 80s. It wasn't good. And I couldn't stop reading it. Anybody else out there so addicted to their own genre that they could read stuff that's like a C plus and they're just like, but I'm going to finish it. It's just what I do. It's just what I do. Oh, that's a good way to end the podcast. I think that's a good tagline. A lot of the times they go, it's in the books. I'll talk to you soon. Boo, boo, boo. Cool. Oh, so cool. But today I think I'll say that's episode 100 and something something. And that is just what I do.